Welcome to the show. I'm Shane Norton, a.k.a. The Sports Card Nobody, and this is another episode of the Sports Card Nobody podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight is all about winner, winner, chicken dinner, because your boy, your esteemed host, this nobody, actually pulled something off, won something big. I am so excited. I actually teased it last week and forgot to talk about it, but the card arrived today. The damn thing got here. I took my photos. Those are going to be on Instagram and Twitter real soon. I don't know. I'm pretty stoked. I actually shared when I first won. I did a little little uh, screen grab share of this. So you probably already know what I'm talking about if you follow me. Uh, you know, on the socials at Sports Car Nobody on Instagram at Sport Car Nobody on Twitter. If you're on there, if you're watching what I'm doing, you already know. But yeah, I'm pumped to talk about it. I'm not used to being in this position. I'm not used to even being involved in these sorts of things very often. But nonetheless, I took a shot and I hit. And I'm pretty, pretty pumped to share the details of that. Talk about the whole process and the whole world of all that. My thoughts, my opinions, and whatever. Pretty cool feeling. I'm still riding high because I just took the photos right before I recorded. But uh, all right, that's the main topic. Let's take a breath. Ladies and gentlemen, how's things going? How's your world? Are your teams in the playoffs? Because I got a few in them. That's right, the Lakers and the Kings. The Los Angeles hockey team, the Los Angeles basketball team, both in the playoffs, although I am coming off a, a long night where the Kings last night went into overtime after being up 3 nothing in the first period, blew that in the second period for a tie game. We're up 4-3 in the third, blew that, and then lost in overtime to the Oilers. Yeah, I'm pretty bandwagon hockey fan, but you know what? The Kings are looking good, so I'm right on it. I'm the biggest fan that ever existed right now. <laughs> yeah, I admit it. Freely, I'm a fair weather hockey fan, but nonetheless, there is something special about playoff hockey. It's just so exciting and like, oh, the nerves get going the whole time, right? It's not, Especially the Kings have gone to the, the overtime three times now. There's not much quite like overtime in hockey and where sudden death actually makes sense, unlike in football, but whatever. It's, it's, oh man, playoff hockey is a different level of awesome in sports. I got to be back in, uh, what was it, 2014? I think it was 2014 when the Kings won their second uh, cup. When they went, uh, two out of three years, they went to the Stanley Cup Finals. And the second time they went against the Rangers. And I got to go to game one there at what was Staples Center. Now it's Crypto.com Arena. Uh, I got to be there with my buddy Sean, my roommate back in the Los Angeles days. Man, we got ourselves in a lot of trouble and got ourselves in trouble that night because the Kings actually went into overtime in game one and uh, won that game. I ended up at Tom's Urban right across the street, and the night gets a little fuzzy after that, but it was awesome. Really, uh, just yeah, playoff hockey. Playoff hockey is awesome. But we also have playoff basketball. The NBA, I, I am not a fair-weather Lakers fan. I'm a pretty, oh, pretty dumb Lakers fan. It's been a rough couple of years after the, the pandemic uh, championship, which absolutely counts. All of you haters out there like to talk crap about that. You can all just, whatever, two words for you. This isn't really a children's show, is it? Anyway, all you haters can go kick rocks. Uh, I was at the Masters. You know, I talked about that in my last last show. I was at the Masters talking to some of the hosts and talking about basketball. And I kept saying, look out for those Lakers. And everybody just wanted to talk a lot of smack. But right now, the Lakers are up two games to one on the number two seed Memphis Grizzlies. 
that first quarter, this last game, I think they tied a record. I think it was for the, the, the biggest record or biggest lead ever in the first quarter. Uh, Dylan Brooks of the Grizzlies had a lot of, a lot of uh, garbage to talk about LeBron after, you know, in and after game two. And Bron came out like a freight train in this last game. He uh, ended up not being the biggest star of the game. That went to Anthony Davis at something like 16 rebounds. But at one point they were up by like 30. You know, you can take the foot off the gas a little bit. Bron got a lot of rest. They're looking good. That being said, you all know how much I love Ja. I haven't talked much about him this year. He's gotten himself in some trouble off the court and makes me a little a little curious about him. But nonetheless, on the court, there still is nobody more exciting in the game of basketball. And he damn near dragged the Grizzlies out of a basically a 30-point hole. He scored 22 points in the fourth quarter in that game to finish with, I think, 45. I mean, holy hell. Had they won that game, that would have gone down as one of the most legendary performances in the history of the game. But they didn't because the Lakers are still one of the best teams in the NBA. They were a seven seed. I get it. But nobody wants to face them in the playoffs. And we might be getting the best series that we're going to get in the early runnings of the playoffs. Is a two seed versus a seven seed. But the Lakers are not a seven seed talented team. We all know that. If you're not a if you're not a hater, you know that they made a lot of moves at the deadline, shed some weight. James Lumen, I I love James Lumen. He's one of the best uh, people I talk to in this hobby. One of the best people I talk to uh, on social media. We've had a lot of conversations, and he posted something recently about uh, he was really rooting for the Clippers so that uh, Russ can shut up his haters. And I just oh man. I don't like to poke too many bears, but I had to chime in. I am I am not a Russell Westbrook fan. Shedding that weight was addition by subtraction for the Lakers. What a huge, huge deadline they had. There they had. Turned it all around. And yeah, we're gonna see. We're gonna see. I'm really excited. I'm excited having two teams in the playoffs that have a legit shot. The Oilers, though, if I'm being honest, in the hockey world, which I know nothing about, I know the Bruins are on the most uh, prolific season of all time. I think this is going to be Connor McDavid's year. I think the Oilers are actually going to be the team. If I had to fill out a bracket and I had to wager a certain amount of money and I wanted, wanted to win that money back, I would put my money on the Oilers. But I don't know anything about hockey. And in my ignorance, I actually think the Kings are a better team and they're going to go and win this whole damn thing. And it's going to be awesome. Man, playoffs are great, right? Oh, I love when our teams make the playoffs. Sorry if your teams didn't, but whatever. All right, moving on. Uh, what else is going on? What else is going on in your world? In my world, I've got a lot of housework going on, so my weekends have been a little bit um, packed with that, which is a bummer. But, you know, making some changes to the old homestead, tearing some things out, eventually going to put some things in, I think. I've got a lot of water in my yard that I need to fix next week, so that will be exciting. If any of you out there... Want to come over and lend a nobody a hand, do some work, dig some trenches. I'll be doing that next week. Shout me a holler. You can come over and help your brother out because, um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a little bit packed over here at the, at the nobody home. So yeah, that's what the pros and cons of being a homeowner, right? All right, moving on. Uh, so before I get to the main topic and I do want to dive into that, 
pretty heavy. I, I have an update, I guess. I don't know. So my magazine has not come out. I got to be honest. I am starting to feel like a little bit of a failure here. I've, uh, you know, talked a lot about, you know, trying to, to, to do a lot of things and, and be active and, and go after things. I've talked about it a lot on the podcast, but, um, I may have overdone it. So I got this idea for this magazine. I reached out to a bunch of folks who were enthusiastic and awesome, and they all still are, but little by little things kept piling up and I have not been able to do the work that I need to do to get that done. Uh, I'm not punting on it yet. Things are definitely well delayed. Hopefully I can figure out uh, the Tetris puzzle here and get that long piece to hit right down the edge and I can hit a Tetris and clear out a bunch of space and I can pull this off because I am really excited for what that was going to be. I'm really excited about what it could be. But as of yet, it feels like I might be failing a little bit in that uh, in that project. So I apologize to anybody and everybody who has helped, anybody and everybody who was looking forward to that. I had so much positive feedback about the excitement of what it could be. I haven't I haven't called it yet, but we'll see. So I, I do very sincerely apologize about that. Um, so we'll see. I, again, if I can clear up some bandwidth, I uh, I am still very passionate about this hobby and what this was going to, going to do uh, for the hobby. You know, it wasn't going to do anything. But it was going to it wasn't going to be like a ground shaking thing. But I, I love a certain part about this hobby. You know, I love the passion behind the collectors, and I, and I love the collectors. I think what's kept me in this hobby so deeply really is the people. I talk about this all the time, um, you know, especially with the wrestling card community. We have such an incredible amount of people in that niche within a niche that just makes me so excited to turn on Twitter every day. Twitter is a cesspool, right? Social media is often a cesspool. I never once um, started using Twitter until this podcast and really until I started meeting other people through it. In the hobby as a whole and in the wrestling community specifically, that made me excited to go look what everybody was talking about every day. There's still lots of negatives that come with it. I can't seem to get the algorithm to stop giving me all the political stuff, even though I keep saying I'm not interested, not interested, not interested. I don't really give a damn about everybody's blue check marks. This has been a never ending conversation for the last 24 hours. It seems a lot of people are mad that they lost it, mad that they still have I, I don't know, whatever. But I, have had so much fun with the conversations and the opinions and the, and the, and the takes that I've seen from the community, the hobby community, the wrestling card community that I actually enjoy hopping on Twitter every single day. I enjoy getting on Instagram every day and seeing people share their cards. It's just, it's the driving force of, of why I continue to keep loving collecting cards so much. And that was really what this magazine is hopefully going to be about. If I can pull it off, it's about that, about that passion, about that love, uh, not about the values or, you know, the, the drama. I, yeah. The drama is fun at times. I get it. The, the drama drives clicks, but that's not what this was going to be. This was going to be something different. It also wasn't going to be content about content. That is something that is sort of, uh, a trend I've noticed on all the, a ton of different podcasts, a ton of different 
um, YouTube channels. It's it's often I see so much content about content. People uh, talking about other people's podcasts or people talking about their own podcast. And there's definitely space for it, and, I, and that's that's awesome. But this was going to be something different that I was excited about. Uh, so that's kind of a long-winded, you know, sort of way to explain that I'm dropping the ball, and I, I I hope I can pick it back up, and I hope I hope I can cross the finish line, but we'll see. Uh, all right. So uh, one last one last uh, sort of thing I want to chat about before the main topic here. Speaking of the wrestling card community, uh, so Gelman on WWE Gelman on Twitter and Instagram is a phenomenal person in the wrestling card community. If you're not a wrestling card collector, this isn't necessarily going to uh, you know apply to you. But nonetheless, hopefully you have somebody like Gelman in in whatever niche that you collect baseball, basketball, football, having people like Gelman is incredible. Now, most of the stick and ball sports and most of the uh, mainstream avenues have people like Gelman because there's a lot more people in there. But in the wrestling card community, we're obviously smaller, so there's not as much expertise. And Gelman is somebody who puts a ton of time talking about the modern uh, market that is wrestling cards. He shares, he has a blog, S, uh, Sports Cards Uncensored, SC Uncensored. He is constantly talking about, you know, basically the entirety of wrestling cards in the modern world. Why Prism was important. Before the Prism dropped last year, he had an entire Prism primer about why Prism is so important to the hobby as a whole and how that was going to relate to our community specifically. Gelman is fantastic and Gelman recently shared this. So I think that we're at a point that we can start talking about things publicly, but, uh, I went to last year's national. It was in my backyard in Atlantic city. So I got to go. I had a phenomenal time with my friend, Justin, uh, suplexes and slap shot suplexes and slap shots. I almost said suplexes and slap nuts because <laughs> Jeff Jarrett's on my head. Justin, you should change that suplexes and slap nuts. That's you got to change that. Anyway, <laughs> Um, yeah, so he, he and I went to the show together. I had recaps. We did a live episode when we were there together. You can go check all that out. If you're curious how the national went at Atlantic city last year. So we went last year and I had a phenomenal time, but something I took away from it. Uh, I, I got to go to the card collector Two trade night on that Thursday. And it was amazing. I had a great time with my case that was full of wrestling cards. My audience was narrow because of that. My niche within a niche, it was hard to find a lot of wrestling card uh, collectors to really trade with. I did end up picking up a, a pretty a pretty phenomenal Hulk Hogan card at that show, which I have since moved on from. Um, foreshadowing, I've replaced it with another card. That's pretty awesome. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so yeah, it was a bummer trying to find people to trade with for where my avenue is and plus walking around the show there there really wasn't a fantastic showing of wrestling cards there in my opinion there was a wrestling panel which was great um there was a lot of incredible personality personalities within the wrestling card community that got a a seat at the main stage and they talked about cards for an hour or so which was just fantastic but for the most part the wrestling card 
I guess, inventory was left a little to be desired. And then at some point, I started to hear inklings of something that had happened one of the nights, whether it was on Friday or Saturday night, but I had heard about an F1 trade night that happened. So I left the show and I could not stop thinking about why the hell is there not some sort of wrestling trade night, you know? Why isn't there something specifically catered to us? There's plenty of us that would love to get together and do something. So I started to do a lot of homework on my own and now through the months and now as we're getting closer and closer to the show, which I have officially booked, by the way, my wife and I will be in Chicago. I will be at the show. My wife will be finding other things to keep herself occupied, or maybe she'll join me at some point, which would be cool. But nonetheless, I will officially be at the national this year. But regardless, before that was confirmed, whether I was going to make it or not, I was really trying to push for this wrestling card. I'm calling it a trade night, but a gathering of wrestling card people to just do something together. And shortly after, I started to hear inklings of other people that were trying to do the same thing. We had Tony Vela from WrestlingTradingCards.com, one of the best places to get checklists for all the different wrestling cards has ever. We had Paul from the Wrestling Card Price Guide and sure enough, Gelman. And there's others now getting involved too, which is just great. So I think that we are officially going to drive forward and do some sort of very big wrestling get together. I don't know exactly what all the details are because we're putting all that together. But if you are a wrestling card collector or if you're just a fan of the show and you want to come and say hi, I think we're going to do something on that Friday night. But those details will come. It's great because we've got so many people involved now that this really seems like it's going to happen. I, I, our community deserves this. I'm super pumped for it. This is going to be great. But uh, So that's pretty big news. More details to follow. Hopefully, hopefully better details than my magazine idea in the near future. But I feel very confident about this because there's a lot of people involved. But all right, enough, enough dilly-dallying. Um, yeah, all right, so here's the thing. I do not enter a ton of breaks. I, like a lot of people, when I first got back into collecting, got back into cards, breaks were a way for me to get involved. I started, I entered a couple breaks for football cards. I'd done some for baseball cards. But over the last few years, I have basically entered, I don't know, a handful of tops at the most. And typically because my my buddy Justin, I already talked about it uh, earlier, he likes to do breaks. So every now and then he'd be entering a wrestling break. I go, yeah, okay, maybe I'll try to get a Bret Hart. And then I'd get 20 Bret Hart base cards and go, okay, yeah, this is, I don't do breaks. It's not my thing. But I'm not exactly sure what happened in my brain. But the new Prism 2023 Wrestling WWE Prism was about to drop, and there had been a preview that came out for the undercard version that there was going to be a Hollywood Hulk Hogan card. And I thought to myself, I absolutely want a special Hollywood Hulk Hogan card in my collection. That would be just incredible. I can't afford his Hollywood, uh, the Hollywood Hulk Hogan WCW NWO 1998 autograph. It's just out of my price range. I can't really afford any of his big stuff that's that's come out in the modern stuff, like a Prism Gold or some of the cool autographs he has in Immaculate. I looked at a ton of different Immaculate options, and I just I can't I can't justify it for something that isn't my main focus. Uh, but nonetheless, I I really wanted to get a special Hollywood Hogan and a Hulk Hogan in general. I then started to collect the ultimate figures that I, I've talked about early, uh, on other shows. 
I started collecting these wrestling figures and I'm trying to pair them with a special card. And I have a couple Hogan figures now and I really wanted a special card. So I decided that I might enter a couple breaks. I, I don't know. I, I might I might throw my name in the hat depending how much they cost and I, we'll figure it out. So fast forward to about three weeks ago, two weeks ago, maybe. Ty the Collector, Tyler the Collector, Ty Campos. I He is somebody that I started to chat with at some point via uh, either Facebook or, or Twitter, whatever it is. Somebody that came across my path and we've had some conversation. And Ty is great because Ty is the type of person that is uplifting the community. He's doing work to make the hobby better. And he has done so much work building out a a one-of-one one tracker for wrestling cards. Every set that comes out, everybody knows if they if they see a one-of-one one card and, they, and they, they've seen it pull, they have proof of it, Ty keeps track of it. And that is becoming a bigger thing. It has an, an actual website dedicated to it now. He is just killing it. He's doing real work to make our community better. In fact, I have used that tracker as I've been trying to build out my Bret Hart PC. I've been curious if that has been publicly known that a card has been pulled and I've been able to go to Ty's tracker to look and see, hey, is this card pulled or has somebody seen it? Yes or no. It is very useful. It is a great, just a fun way to look at the hobby too, to look at all the different awesome one of ones that are out there and also get a good sense of how many there really are. But I digress. So Ty has been doing just phenomenal work. I'm I'm really proud to say that the wrestling card community has somebody like him, just like we have a Gelman. We have somebody doing something to make this a better place to collect. Well, Ty has has also spent a ton of time helping other people build out uh, their hopes and dreams with doing things within the hobby. Uh, you know, he he can explain more of that. I'm hoping to actually have him on the show next week. We talked about it, so hopefully in the next week or so he'll come on the show and we can talk more. But nonetheless. Ty decided that he was going to finally start doing some things on his own, including breaking. I'm not really a big person. I just talked about it. I don't really want to get into many breaks. But nonetheless, as somebody that wanted to get into a break for this particular set, when Ty was doing it, I said to myself, you know what? If I'm going to do this, I might instead of just going on eBay and finding random breaks or, you know, finding finding a lot of folks, you know, there's some great folks out there, Filth Bomb Wrestling from the Card Foundation pod guys. I would absolutely join some of their stuff. But nonetheless, Ty doing this, trying to get his, le- you know, a leg up and, and, and sort of make a mark. I said, why not help him out? Why not support him? If I'm going to do this, why don't I look into that? So I learned very quickly that Hollywood Hogan isn't in the actual <laughs> prism set. He's only in the undercard, but whatever. Ty was doing a, a full case 2023 prism break and I if I was going to enter a break I wanted to enter a case break I wanted to take a shot you know at something big and I decided I even though I can't get the Hollywood card maybe I can get a Hulk Hogan card Hogan has a color blast those are case hits there's 10 of them that kind of gives me somewhere in the realm of like a 10% chance to hit one right so I reached out to Ty. We talked about the price that he had. We came to a very fair agreement on the price that he was asking for the Hogan, especially compared to the comps on eBay. And I said, the hell with it. I said, you know what, man, I genuinely want to support you. I, this is probably the only break I'm going to enter for the year. 
Why the heck not? Let's go for it. So I, I, I bought in on the Hogan. Then I got my buddy Justin involved. He bought in a couple spots as well. I think he got the Asuka, the Triple H, and uh, uh, maybe some other one I'm forgetting. Uh, so, you know, it was taking a couple days to fill, maybe even a week or whatever it was. And I, I decided to buy another spot in the break too. I bought a Roman Reigns, which was about the same price as the Hogan. I did that very specifically just to, again, I said, you know what? Why don't we get this thing cooking? You know, I'll buy another big one, one of the bigger names in the case, who also has a color blast, so who knows. But uh, Hogan was what I was chasing. So fast forward to a couple days after that, Ty finally got the the whole thing filled out. He started doing his break on Facebook Live. I think I was watching a Lakers game. I had my family was in the room, my kids and my wife. So I had the phone up, I had it down, you know, by my hip, wasn't really paying attention. We were pretty, I think we were pretty far into the break, maybe halfway through. I'm not entirely sure. The first case had hit a... Uh, uh, an Austin Auto Blue, I think, uh, and also a one of one Ivy Nile. So it was a, seemed like this was a pretty hot box. I think he ended up hitting a second Steve Austin Auto, a red one. So he was doing all right. He ended up hitting a gold auto for somebody as well. It looked like this was a pretty successful case, including what I was able to hit. I was it had the phone down on the couch half paying attention as I'm watching the Lakers game, spending time with my family. I look down and I see Ty holding a Hulk Hogan color blast. (laughs) Holy crap. I jumped up. I screamed something. I grabbed my phone. I went running out of the room to stare at it to make sure this was real. And I caught that just in time to hear Ty say, I don't even know where to put this. And holy crap, I hit a Hulk Hogan color blast in what will probably be the only break I enter this year. Probably the one card I was Yeah, listen, all right, if I hit a one of one Hogan, that would have been pretty sweet too. But the color blast was the big reason I, I thought this might be worthwhile. And sure as heck, I hit a Hulk Hogan color blast. Uh, pretty wild. So that got... Arrived in the mail today. Like I said, I took the photos. I'll be sharing those on Instagram. Probably by the time you're going to listen to this tomorrow, I'll have it up with the little story about what happened. I'll make sure to tag Ty. Huge shout out to Ty. Um, obviously, hitting such a big card for me goes a long way in making me happy about the situation. But regardless, again, Ty is trying to do stuff to make the community better. He ran into some technical issues and he's he's talked openly about how you know, nervous he was about it, the anxiety he was feeling as he was trying to get this thing going. I really hope to have him on to to have him share his own thoughts on that. But nonetheless, um, pretty, pretty awesome scenario. I'm really proud that Ty pulled this off. I can't wait to see him do this more often. Uh, you know, technical issues aside, that happens. Things happen. What are you going to do? Half my shows have technical issues. I need to figure that out when I'm recording these podcasts. But yeah, that was my breaking experience, and the card looks amazing in person. I've got it now with the displayed with the Hulk Hogan figure. Oh, winner, winner, chicken dinner. God, how awesome is that? But so before I, I get off this topic though and, and wrap this up, I kind of want to talk a bit about about breaking in general. So my the last guest I had before the last show that I did before I left left for the Masters was was Stephanie Garcia, aka Mama Breaks. Mama Breaks is. I, I talked about it last week as well. I mean, she is just absolutely blowing up in the hobby. She's becoming a very big breaker in this hobby. I have never broken with her. I have never broken with Filth, Filth Bomb Wrestling, you know, the folks, you know, Card Foundation Pod, 
folks who have a huge a huge presence on whatnot in this community. Uh, you know, there's there's breakers all over the place. We've heard a lot of their names. The backyard breaks are obviously huge. Blaze, we we've seen it. And I just want to touch briefly on the fact that you know, there's a lot of negative feelings about breakers. There's a lot. I talked a little bit about about it with Stephanie when she was on the show. You know, there's a lot of people who talk about how breaking has ruined the hobby. There's people who talk about how it's all a scam, you know, or have the comments, something along the lines of, why would I pay for somebody else to open up my card? I understand all that. Breaking is interesting. There's a, um, there's a lot of positive and negative to it, in my opinion. Before I get much deep into it, I think breaking is important for the hobby. I don't think it has killed the hobby. I think it is a big reason the bo- the hobby has been able to explode the way that it has. I think it has introduced an entertainment um, element that otherwise doesn't exist and has helped people get into boxes of cards that they could not otherwise afford. Listen, a box or that case of 2023 Prism that Ty broke open for myself and however many others had entered, I think cost approximately approximately $2,500, somewhere in that range, maybe even pushing $3,000. I'm, I'm not positive. You can go check it out. Check my facts for me, but it's expensive. So if I wanted to take a shot at a Hulk Hogan color blast, the best I could possibly do, I mean, what I spent on the break was about what one box costs. Instead, I got 12 shots at it, and I ended up hitting probably the biggest card that came out of that case. The one of one was a lower lower tier wrestler, so I don't know, those Austin Autos, whatever. I hit the card that I was after. The odds of that happening are low, even in that scenario. The odds of that happening for the cost of one box is uh, it's probably not going to happen, right? Sure, there's always a chance, but the odds are low. So I did my risk assessment and I had decided that I was willing to take a shot at it. And if, if I miss, I miss. It is what it is. So that just gives people a way to get into something they could not otherwise afford. That's that's big. I think that's incredible that we have this way to do it, especially with people that are entertaining, especially with people that are reliable and trustworthy. Ty got my card to me. He got my card to me in what I think was a very fair amount of time. Now, that's where it's important, though, right? We hear about all of these different scenarios. There was the, the big one that that blew up uh, maybe a month ago, a little bit less. I think it was maybe it was when I was on the road. But that individual who was breaking, I can't even remember the name of the breaking company or the guy who did it. it. It's whatever. But the guy was very obviously hid a downtown. He pulled it. He made a, uh, a deal about it, put the card aside, then started cussing out people who were asking about it, you know, and even said he's not going to show the card. And sure enough, he stole that card pretty blatantly. Now, apparently... That is a company, a breaking company that got kind of big. So they started to hire and outsource some of their breakers. This was one of those people they had hired recently. They claimed that they fired him immediately and were doing everything they could to remedy that situation. I don't know enough about the follow-up on that. When these happen, we this becomes the news, right? And this starts to shape the narrative of what breaking is. It happens all of the time. 
If a respected journalist gets a story wrong, that person is now sort of um, saddled with this perception that they don't do their homework. They don't vet their sources. They don't do their due diligence. Is that true? Maybe, or maybe they just got one wrong. Maybe breaking is full of bad breakers who are going to steal your cards, or maybe there's just a a few rotten eggs in this massive basket. And that's what I think this is, genuinely. Talking to Stephanie Garcia, she's amazing. The Card Foundation pod people are all incredible folks. I mean, Papa Bear... P-Bear does a great job from what I've seen based on the clips, and, and, and he's obviously got an incredible reputation within the wrestling card community. It's plain to me that the good outweighs the bad. I think Ty is going to be one of the good. I think he's going to be a reliable, trustworthy breaker. I think he's not out to steal from anybody. I think he's out to continue to do what he's been doing, which is make this community a little bit better. And I I, I wish sometimes that the negative stories, while they deserve attention, do not get me wrong, they absolutely deserve a spotlight directly on them at the highest possible level so we can sweat them out of this space. But nonetheless, it's always a bummer when those things become the narrative. You don't hear about someone like Ty who did a, a break. And had, you know, had some technical issues, but got through it and did what he was supposed to do. You don't really hear about that, right? You don't hear about the things that just go normal and go well. Everybody wants to concentrate on the big negative drama. And again, I get it. We do need to make that a story. We need to know that. But it does then tend to play into this idea that breaking is a scam. That breaking has killed the hobby. I would encourage you, if breaking's not your thing, I get it. No reason for you to, 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 you know, go and do it. Don't enter a break. But I would encourage you to try to look towards some personalities out there that are doing right by their customers and doing right by the community. Now, the next part I want to touch on about breaking that is very, very important. I obviously just took a huge W. I just I won a card that is probably worth, in fact, I, I know, I just, on eBay, I think ended tonight. That card is worth, I think, 10x what I paid to get it. That's incredible. I plan to keep the card anyway. It's, you know, I'm stoked to have the card. I don't think I care about the 10x, you know, whatever, um, you know, great though. That's super cool. But without question, breaking is for sure a gambling centric way to get your cards. Now, opening cards in general is very gambling related. I mean, you're opening up a pack of cards with odds to hit anything close to what you spend. Breaking has sort of taken that to a new level, though. It has, it has sort of made the gambling aspect of it, you know, like I said earlier, almost entertaining. It's made it more like a casino. And I think there's value to that, but you have to absolutely be careful. I don't think I'm going to enter another break this year, even though I just took down a massive win. I just, it's not in me to want to keep doing that. If I didn't hit anything, I could have used that entry fee to buy a card that I actually wanted. Granted, not a 10x card, but nonetheless, 
it's hard for me to stomach that. It's hard for me to stomach when I spend money on something and I don't actually get something I want. It's so rare. And everybody needs to be aware of that. If you're entering breaks, you're going to lose your money most likely. If you're going to rip wax, you are going to lose your money most likely. So if you're going to do these things, you have to be able to be disciplined and you have to enjoy the journey of what it is you're doing. If you like ripping wax, man, I get it. I have stopped buying wax for the most part, but I will get a box occasionally or I will get one for Christmas and I love it. I love ripping open the packs and seeing what happens. There's a rush to it. There is an excitement to that entire process, but you have to enjoy that process and you can't only be doing that for the chance that you're going to hit that one of one rock prism that just sold for $125,000 or $124,000, right? If you're ripping for that opportunity, you are going to lose. If you are buying into brakes to hit that car, you are going to lose. But if you're ripping with, you know, or if you're entering a break with a breaker that you think is entertaining, it was someone that you want to support like I did. I genuinely was happy to support an individual who was doing work for this community. I was happy to do that. If I was going to give my money to somebody, I was happy to do it for him and I was fully expecting to come away with 20 Hulk Hogan base cards. Um, Enjoy the process of what you're doing. Remain disciplined and do not get caught up in thinking you're going to even hit a card as big as I did. It is so rare. And if that's why you're doing it, turn around and walk away. All that being said, my first point stays firm. I think breaking is good for the community. I'm stoked for Ty and I am stoked for everybody who was involved in that particular break because it was a pretty good break. (laughs) All right. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I got. Uh, Again, I'm hoping to have Ty on here in the near future. It'd be really fun to chat with him about what it was to get that process up and running, what it was like when, when Facebook Live was failing on him and how he got through it. It'd be really cool to pick his brain. So hopefully... We can work out the details on that. But as always, uh, please go review this show at your podcast hub of choice. I would love five stars, especially because I feel like I'm, I'm on cloud nine right now. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Why don't you make it a little bit sweeter with five stars if you think I'm worth it. But if you are enjoying this and you, if you want to help the show grow, the best way to do that is to share this. Share this with friends. Share this with family. Share this with anybody you think might care about anything I have to say on the program. But that's all I got. Ladies and gentlemen, good night.